1: This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about what gives a course that something extra so that it stands out from the crowd. This is an important discussion for anyone, whether you're thinking about your very first e-course or you've created several courses already, but that's up in a bit. But first, we're gonna be focusing on one of the secrets discussed in our upcoming book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. On today's show, we're gonna be talking about monetizing your passion. A lot of coaches today talk about following your passion, but that's not enough if you wanna be truly successful. We are gonna give you some tips, insights, and ideas for how you can not just follow your passion, but monetize it to grow your business. I'm really excited about exploring this topic, so let's get started.
2: Well, as Janelle mentioned, we're just finishing up our book, um, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. And since the book is really based on the podcast, we thought what better place to introduce it and uh, give you some insights to give you a little bit of preview than on this podcast. So. We're going to be talking about that um, today and for the next uh, few episodes. Um, the book itself really came about because we were talking to so many entrepreneurs, uh, so many successful entrepreneurs, and we just wanted to bring their stories to as many people as we possibly could. And uh, we we based the book around one of my favorite books, as you know. I mean, it's on my shelf, uh, and it's Think and Grow Rich by napoleon hill now what napoleon hill did which was really revolutionary at the time was he had a very simple premise he thought you know if you want to be rich then let's go find out what rich people do and we'll just do that Um, what a concept right Um, so we decided to follow that same kind of uh, approach that if you wanted to be successful as an entrepreneur then why don't we figure out what entrepreneurs are doing and then just go do that and so that really led us to taking these podcasts, these interviews we've done over the last few years, and um, seeing if we could organize those into some, some key insights or what we're calling key secrets. And it turns out there were six of those secrets. And so um, that's really what we're doing with the book. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be a great book and it'll be out uh, very soon.
1: Well, you know, Michael, you and I always, we love to read. We love to listen to podcasts. We really enjoy taking information and seeing how we can apply it to what we're doing. And that's why we're so excited about this book, because it's really going to give our listeners and the readers of the book the opportunity to learn from and leverage what other successful people have done. And I think one of the things that was so insightful for me as we were having these conversations is there isn't a one size fits all, but there were themes that came out. And when you start having, you know, hundreds of interviews, you start to see those themes. And so we've had that real privilege of being able to do that. And you and I have learned so much and, I'm really excited that we're gonna be looking inside the pages of the upcoming book and really exploring each of the six secrets, giving people a preview into what's coming and share some of the stories because I know that it's they're really transformational. They're gonna give people an opportunity to say, that sounds like me. And also I think it inspires people to keep going because oftentimes we think we're the only one and what we've heard over and over from our speakers and our listeners is I loved knowing that someone else has gone through this too that it's not just me because we do so many things in isolation as entrepreneurs and I'm really excited on today's episode that we're going to be looking at the first secret monetizing your passion
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for the, exactly the same reasons, and and I, I, I love writing this book with you. And and um, it, it's really been, a, as you said, a privilege to talk to uh, well over a hundred entrepreneurs now, and so we really have a, a, a great vision of, of what makes them successful and, and and the things that pull it together. So let's let's dig into monetizing your passion, and uh, the, the first secret and really you know um, there's so many people out there today that talk about following your passion and i think that's unbelievably important Uh, having tried to work in businesses in my past where i was not passionate um, and also in businesses like turn knowledge to profit where i am passionate it, it really makes all the difference in the world and i know you you find that as well that i can tell when you're doing something you're passionate about And when you're doing something you're not passionate about
1: well I think that understanding that passion and really having a love for what you're doing makes it so you want to get up it makes it so when it's tough and it's hard work which it is that you want to keep going that you know you're doing it for a reason you've got a real purpose and I think that's so important to understand why you're doing it and what you want to accomplish because that does keep you going when it gets really tough
2: yeah it absolutely does and you know this is where one of the issues comes up though because uh, there as I mentioned there are a lot of people that say follow your passion and uh, I've been in audiences where somebody said that from the stage and it always sounds like a great idea, like, oh, that, I should do that. That makes sense. But then when I really go back and think about it, it it's difficult, at least for me personally, it's difficult sometimes to figure out what my passion is uh, because I have a lot of different things I'm passionate about. So, you know, one of the stories that, that I relate to, I, I was a, a child of the 70s and you, know, you were as well. And uh, so we grew up. I grew up, and I loved um, rock and roll, and I loved Glenn Fry and the Eagles. And uh, I grew up on their their music in the '70s and the '80s, and you know couldn't get enough of it. And so I started to follow their story, and it turns out that you know Glenn Fry most people associate him with the Eagles, very successful, very, you know, very very successful, a writer and and uh, and singer, but. He's a perfect example of somebody who really knew their passion early in life and stayed with it their entire life. Most people don't know that he started playing piano when he was five years old. And then he added the guitar when he was a teenager. Um, And he was in uh, more than a dozen bands um, before he founded the Eagles. So he was following his passion with no fame, no glitz, no glamour, um, just because he loved it and even when the Eagles broke up then later on he went off on a solo career because he just couldn't stop I mean this is what he loved to do until uh, his dying day he was writing and recording music and I think that's uh, there's a group of people that do know their passion and they 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 follow it that's what they want to do um, unfortunately that's not me and I think that's probably not a lot of people. In fact, when we interviewed these entrepreneurs, it was a lot of people didn't fall into that category. A lot of folks um, had either multiple passions or they uh, their passion changed over time. I know that's for me. It, it, you know, we we kind of laughed that I have a new career about every eight to ten years because my passion changes. You know, I, I just I'm not interested in what I was. I was an engineer in my undergraduate. And I'm doing something that's about as far from engineering as you could possibly imagine.
1: Well, and I think that it's important to realize with so many things that you do in business, that as you build new skills, as you get exposed to new opportunities, as you meet new people, that you start to get and build on your interests. And that's one of the things with so many of these stories that I was fascinated with, and you know I love asking people, how they got to where they are. Because I think there's a lot that we learn in those stories. And like you say, there were very few people that started and knew exactly what they wanted to do. A lot of people have gone from the corporate world, they have gone from you know working for someone else to being an entrepreneur, back to working for someone, back to being an entrepreneur. And there is no one path, which is one of the things I love about what we do is seeing how they all come together. The one thing that I think is really common in all of these, though, is they really utilized a community or a support system because it's very difficult to do it on your own, to figure out on your own. And I know for us, that's one of the things that really helped us was getting plugged into the eWomen Network community and really starting to connect with dynamic people who love to give feedback, love to share, love to be part of something bigger. And when you do that, it opens up so many doors and so many possibilities, just like what happened with you.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it, I think that's a real key, and that's one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs told us is that you just have to get out there and try different stuff. I mean, it sounds sort of trite, maybe, or, or, or simplistic, but it's really about trying different stuff, and it you know, reminds me of when you uh, when you have kids. If you've been fortunate enough to have kids, you, um, you recognize that you try a lot of stuff with them. You know, they may play soccer or they may play baseball or they may be in the chess club or they may, you know, be in the poetry club or they may, you know, go out and do whatever it is they do. And part of really what having kids is about or part of being a parent is about is allowing them to try all that different stuff, recognizing that 90 percent of it is going to be a waste. It's, they're not going to do it. They're not going to like it. They're not going to enjoy it. You're going to buy some equipment or whatever, and it's going to be put in the garage, and you're never going to use it again. And and but that's part of the entrepreneurial um, story as well. It's trying different stuff until you find that thing that really drives you, that really excites you. Um, I, I can think of a couple of things. You know, we went to a, a mastermind. We we joined a mastermind and. Um, their message or the model that they were following, that that mentor was following, was a speak from the stage model. And we were all excited about it. We thought this was gonna be great. And then we got into it, and we got a lot of fantastic information from that mastermind. It was probably one of the best experiences of our life. I mean, at least for me, I think it was for you as well but very early on we realized that you know speaking from the stage just not our cup of tea just not that does not what we were excited about um having live events just just not we weren't feeling it so again we tried it out got a lot of great uh knowledge met a lot of great people learned a tremendous amount about the entrepreneurial environment the coaching environment and that was really uh, at least for me my One of my introductions to that uh, independent coaching environment, but decided that wasn't the right model for us. So that's fine. And we went on to something else. Um, And I think that's the key is to really just try this, try this, try this until you find something that you really like
1: no you're absolutely right and i think what it does is it helps you determine what you don't want to do and it helps you narrow down and get closer to what you do want to do and i think that's a real key there and you're absolutely right you know you go into something thinking you're going to get one thing but the one thing we've learned at this age and stage is that it's really important to be open because what you get you're going to get what you need not necessarily what you want. And those Mm -hmm. are two very, very different things. And that's been a real eye-opener for us. We need to take a real quick break. But when we come back, I want to continue this conversation with you, Michael. And I want to talk a little bit more about how to monetize your passion because it's great to know what your passion is and what you want to do. But the bottom line is you want to find a way to monetize it. So please Stay with us. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening
3: to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time.
0: creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
1: Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're doing something a little bit different. We're talking about our upcoming book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. And before the break, we were talking about how to follow your passion. And I think it's really important for you when you're trying to figure out what that is. To look at times when you were the most happy, the most engaged, and also look for times when you weren't because those each of those are gonna give you clues to get you closer to something that you're going to love doing. And look for those common threads. And don't be afraid to reach out to others and have discussions with them and take feedback from them. Ask somebody, what, when have you seen me the happiest? What do you think about this? And if there are people who really are close to you and want you to be successful, listen to what they say and don't take it personally. Take it and turn it into something productive. I want to shift the conversation just a little bit Michael and because I know people are saying it's great to know what your passion is and I want to monetize it so we know following your passion isn't enough and I'd love to have you just share some thoughts on that
2: yeah absolutely Um, it following your passion is is at the core it's the foundation you really got to do that first But then you really have to figure out a way to monetize it. And so I like, as you know, I like to say that, you know, if you, without monetizing your passion, then you really just have a hobby. Um, And the way to think about it is that, you know, a business um, makes you money, a hobby costs you money. So if you're in quote unquote business and it's costing you money every month to be there, then that's a hobby. You know, you really need to figure out a way to monetize that. And, and that's really the the key to being able to live uh, your passion for the rest of your life, if that's what you choose to do. Because um, if you can monetize it, then you there's no reason not to do it, right? Wouldn't you love to get paid to do what you love to do? Well, why not, right? I mean, I would love to do that. I mean, I, I remember that there's, um, I think it was, I'm not sure about this, but I think it was Robert Kiyosaki one time said that... Um, you know, without your passion, uh, then you just have a job. And there's a difference between following your passion, having a business, being an entrepreneur, and having a job. And I don't know about you, but I don't really want to have a job. I did that for a while. I'm (laughs) done with that. Um, Thanks very much. It was great while it lasted, but I don't really have any desire to have any jobs anymore. Uh, I just really want to do what I want to do. And, And so part of that is monetizing it. So... Like with Turn Knowledge to Profit, this is a perfect example. Um, there was a, um, a a time where I was sort of unhappy in my previous uh, business. And I was working with a coach. And like most, uh, w- at least in my experience, great coaches, they ask you very simple questions that cause you to really think deeply and contemplate things. And so at one point, um, she asked me, um, or actually she noticed that I really wasn't that happy. I was kind of, um, fit, you know, just not really engaged. And she she asked about, um, you know, was I passionate? I said, really, you know, I wasn't. I'm just really not passionate about what I'm doing. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like going into the office every morning, um, you know, but I'm kind of lost. I don't know what to do. And so she said something that I thought was really profound. So she said, well, can you figure out when you actually were happy? Doing whatever it is you were doing and I thought well that's sort of an interesting question like, could I think about that so uh, I went back and journaled for uh, a week until I met with her again and uh, I, I came up with five or six times in my life when I was really happy and then I looked for some common threads there and I as we talked at the next at our next coaching session I talked about those types or you know, those times and she talked a little bit about what the commonality was. And, and we came to the conclusion that what I really like to do was to create products and services. I love businesses in startup mode. I love it when there's nothing there and you have to create cre- you know, create the products, create the courses, create uh, the services. You really just create everything. Once all that stuff was done and you were delivering, then I was bored. So then she said something really else that was really profound was what I used to call uh, a blinding flash of the obvious. And she said, ah, well, that's what you like to do. Why don't you just do that?
1: Well, and the funny part of it is, you know, as I'm because I know you've, you've told that story. I've heard it many times. And the thing that's really I hadn't really thought about it before is. You had everything you needed right in front of you because I was very involved with the Women Network. I was leading a chapter at the time. You were surrounded by entrepreneurs and people who needed your help. And that's really how Turn Knowledge to Profit was born. Oftentimes what we need or what our next step is, is right in front of us. and. We just don't see it. We're so busy in our head and thinking about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and how we don't know how to do it, that what we need is right in front of you. And the resources, the, the people that you need are there. You just have to ask and start really paying attention because I believe it's right there in front of you.
2: Yeah, it certainly was for me. I mean, when i uh, that's why I called it the blinding flash of the obvious because it was truly obvious. You know, once you step back from it and, and I looked at my uh, what I'd written and I, I reflected on the conversations I had had with uh, this coach, you know, it was obvious that, that, well, why don't I just be in startup mode all the time? Why don't I just help other people that are in startup mode? Why don't I just help other people and work with other entrepreneurs who need to have products and services created and so that's as you said that was the genesis of turn knowledge to profit and i think that everybody has that somewhere floating around their their sphere you know they just don't see it it's so obvious that it's right in front of them and they can't see it um, i know that when we go to eWomen network events we talk to entrepreneurs all the time and and at almost every event there's at least one entrepreneurs that's in that that state of I just don't know how to make money at this I don't know what to do with mm-hmm. this and from the outside you or I look at them and go well this is obvious it's <laughs> like what do you mean you don't know how to make money from this It's like are you kidding me this is a great idea I,
1: I know it's a gold mine
2: yeah i mean if i if if i wasn't doing what i was doing this is a great you know this is a great idea and but they don't see it they they just don't see it and so it really Uh, Again, I think that's the power of working with a coach because a a good coach um, really doesn't have all your baggage. They don't have all your blind spots. They don't have all of that coming to it. They come at it from a fresh perspective and really can look at it and say, well, why don't you try this or why don't you try that? And it's probably something that you haven't thought of before.
1: No, I agree. And I think there's so many different ways to monetize what you're doing and that's why i love the model that that we have in the done for you approach and being able to help people do it and we've had people say to us well i just want to learn how to do it and do it myself and that's great and there are a lot of people out there that offer that but again we've gotten really clear and that's what i love about the Entrepreneurs that we've talked to is really narrowing down What they're offering because the one thing we do know is you can't be all things to all people and when you're trying to do that You're not really getting focused on What you're really good at and then you start doing things that you're not passionate about and that's where things start to fall apart so I think getting really narrow and really clear on what you love doing and trust that Things are going to all come together, which is exactly what you did.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think that that's true. You do have to trust that that all things will, will come together. And I think um, Steve Jobs had a great quote, and I'll, I'll probably get it a little bit wrong, but it's, it's something along the lines of you. You can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect the dots in the past. So what you really have to do with your life is connect the dots in the past and then just trust that somehow they'll be connected in the future and go ahead and do whatever it is you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that was so profound because I think so many of us try to figure out where we want to be or, you know, I mean, I'm not saying don't plan, but, but we have this vision of the way it should be. And often that's just not the way it is as we go forward. But, you know, by his philosophy, it's don't worry about that. Do what you're passionate about. Figure out a way to monetize it. And don't worry about where it goes. It'll go somewhere. And and all those things that you've done in the past, you'll all those dots will connect for you. It's just you don't know how they're going to connect. And I think that was incredibly profound.
1: I agree. And I I would say to our listeners who maybe don't think that so go back and listen to our past podcasts because you're going to hear story after story after story Of people that started doing one thing because they thought that's what they wanted to do and how those businesses have evolved and morphed over time into something that's really making a difference, really having an impact. And they love doing, they're passionate about, they just can't wait to get going and, you know, really making a difference because you don't No, hindsight is is a great thing but you don't know you've got this dream and this vision of where you want to be and what it's going to look like and uh, it's really hard to do that when you haven't been down that road that's why i think it's always so different so listen to our past podcast you're going to get some incredible stories and we're going to share a lot more in our book
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I don't uh, know if you know this, but every morning I do say a thank you for living in a time and a place that I do. I mean, I think that there are so many ways to monetize your passion today that just didn't exist even 10 years ago, even five years ago. I mean, having a podcast, for example, I mean, 10 years ago, never hardly even ever heard of 20 years ago. Nobody even knew what it was. Um, So we live in a time uh, and in a place where there's just literally hundreds and hundreds of ways to monetize whatever it is you do Um, you know you can do uh, e-courses you can write a book you can have ebooks you can do structured coaching you can do things uh, like over zoom or Skype which are you know remote coaching Um, there's just just so many different ways and and I know when we started out, or at least when I started out in as a, a management coach in Silicon Valley uh, many moons ago, the the only way to do it was live in person. That was it. And so I spent years and years on the road. In fact, I was at the time I was proud of the fact that I was at the top level of American Airlines. I don't even know what they call it—platinum or black or you know whatever it was. Because I'd flown so many miles. And in fact, I still, you know, 25 years later, I still have like 150,000 miles left because I just can't use. I had so many miles, I can't use them all. Um, And at the time, I thought that was really great. But, But I can tell you, and I know you have a different perspective, but I can tell you that traveling like that is really fun for about a month. And then it's a job for about a month. And then it's just a drag after that. You know, being away from family, being away from uh, everything, you know, and traveling. And it's just it wears you out. But that used to be the only way you could monetize your passion. That was it is to go wherever your clients were. And today, that's just not the case. So, you know, almost anybody could create an e-course. I mean, we've worked with uh, doctors. We've worked with uh, we work with a psychologist, um, with weight loss specialists, with business people, um, you know, you know, I, life coaches, I'm trying to think there's, there's just so many different folks, lawyer. we worked with a lawyer, um, you know, so if you think you can't pa- monetize your passion, I- I'll just tell you that's incorrect. You know, it's just, there's, if a lawyer can create an e-course or if a psychologist can create a way to, to monetize their passion without seeing patients, um, then I think anybody could do it. And so, really, it's just up to your own creativity. And again, as Janelle mentioned, you know, get out and, and meet other people, see other people, see what they're doing, get their opinion. Ask them about, you know, here's, here's what I like doing, but I'm stumped. How can I monetize that? Get some other people to give you some ideas. Um, they may or may not be the ideas you use, but they may spur other thoughts for you that, that then become uh, a great idea
1: so you know this has been a great discussion and i'm excited to continue the discussion on some of the different secrets that we found and be able to share that with our listeners and after our conversation today we hope that you see our passion in what we're doing that we want to make a difference in the world by helping people get their message out and really have a bigger impact on the people that they reach. This we're very passionate about what we're doing and it's we're really excited about what's coming next. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And and you, you touched on it there, but you know, one of the things that we're passionate about, what we like to say is that um, we make a difference in the world by helping lots and lots of other folks make a difference in the world. That's our contribution. That's what we're passionate about. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would just uh, encourage all of you to see what you're passionate about. Be clear on that. You know, if you want to journal or if you want to think about it, um, you know, think about when you were happy, happiest. est. Um, when, uh, you really got excited about your work and, uh, look for some themes in those times and then see if you can monetize that in, in whatever way you choose to, whether it's speaking from the stage or, or doing an e-course or whatever it might be and, and really sort of pursue that. Cause I think that's, you know, really the secret to, to ultimate success and, um, you know, I hope you as Janelle said, I hope you stay with us for a, uh, the future episodes. We'll be talking about the other, um, the other insights, the other secrets to success. Uh, I think you're going to love them, I mean, and they follow right along. So, you know, I would encourage you to um, really find your passion, figure out a way to monetize it, and and then see um, how you might do uh, more and more with that as you go forward.
1: I absolutely agree, and. You know, I would just say to remember that it's not a destination. It's a journey. And I'd love to invite all of you to go to our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page And share with us what's your passion and share what you're up to or contact us if you'd like to talk to us about how you can monetize that passion and turn it into something that's going to help you make a bigger difference. Thank you for joining us, and we need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John El McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
3: I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation. About how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world.
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle. And in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about how to make your course stand out from all the others.
1: I'm excited about this topic because this is a question we get asked all the time. And I know one of the things that you say, Michael, is all courses are not created equal. Can you tell us what you mean by that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, creating great courses, uh, whether they're live or they're online, it's not easy. It requires some experience and skill. I'm sure everyone out there has either purchased a course or attended a course that was really less than what they expected. It really didn't quite live up to the claims. And so, you know, not all courses are, are equal.
1: You know, I know you and I have been through hundreds of courses over the years, and I think that's so true. I really have learned to pay attention to which ones grab my attention and which ones are really a struggle to complete. And it really does make a difference in the length of the course, in the content, in the energy of the presenter and what they're asking you to do. I think more courses are getting away from just giving you information and really getting interactive, which is one of the things that I love about what you do so how do you create a successful course
2: well that's absolutely right um you know what you like to call it is shelf help as opposed to self-help and i'm actually in my office with you and and we're actually looking right now at a whole shelf full of shelf help so i mean even we're not immune to it but it really starts with great content you really have to base the course on something that's really valuable to those people that are going to purchase it. And that's true whether it's live or it's online or it's in paper form or whatever form it's in, it doesn't matter. It really has to be valuable content. And the other piece of it which a lot of people don't get is that it has to be the right amount of content. I can tell you, we've, we've worked in our business, Turn Knowledge to Profit, we've worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of trainers. And I have never worked with a coach or an author or a speaker who tried to put too little into their course. It never, Never happened. They always want to put too much into their course. And they think they're doing a service to their client, to the person that's buying the course, but really they're not because what ends up happening, um, and there's a lot of research to support this, but what ends up happening if you have too much information, you get overwhelmed and then you do nothing with it. And so the, the key is to really give people just the right amount of information for them to go implement it and get results and then come back to you if they want to know more and want to go deeper. Uh, if you try and include too much in the in that very first course um, like I said what most people will do is they'll start they'll get confused they'll get overwhelmed they'll never finish it they'll put it on the shelf and it becomes what we just called shelf help
1: well and we're very familiar with that because I know six years ago when we're doing some products and you're an expert in this area and you know this we created some courses and put hours and hours and hours of content into a 45-minute presentation and it just doesn't work when you're constantly clicking through slides when you're constantly moving forward it doesn't work and I think it's really important and I love when you're coaching people that you really talk about it it's important to know your audience it's important to know who you're talking to and what do they need and look at those things that you're constantly coaching over and over again. So many people want to develop courses before they've gotten really good and clear on how they work with people. And it just doesn't work that way because you're gonna create content that's not gonna be what people are asking for.
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before you start to spend money on creating courses, you really want to, as you said, Coach people in whatever it is you're going to teach in the course, um, and and you'll be surprised. I guarantee you'll be surprised at the the things that those people you coach understand very quickly, and you'll also be surprised at what they just don't get. Something that's incredibly obvious to you. I mean, a lot of times uh, with coaches, what we find is that you know every coach we work with is an expert in a particular area and what they sometimes forget is that the the folks that they're training or the folks that they're they're coaching it's their first attempt at understanding that specialty whatever that is be it sales or or whatever it is Um, so something that's incredibly easy or obvious or intuitive to an expert is really hard for a lot of people to grasp Uh, and so you have to really slow down as a coach and, and really make sure that the information you provide in that course is very clear and moves at a slow enough pace that someone who's new to it can absorb it and understand it and apply it. And that really gets to sort of the next point which is That makes a great course and that's really that you have something in it for every learning style Uh, and again that's something that a lot of coaches aren't aware of Um, you know sort of stepping back for a second you know different people learn in different ways Uh, some people like to learn by listening they can just put in a podcast put in the headphones uh, get on a treadmill and they can learn that way other folks they like to visualize information they like to see charts or graphs or they like to see illustrations or they they have to visualize things and still others they learn best by doing Um, so as a course designer you really want to put something in the course for all of those different learning styles so that no matter what learning style the client is they can get some value out of that course
1: I think that's so true because most people when they're developing courses on their own they teach the courses and put together the courses based on what their primary style is and I know for me I'm a very hands-on experiential learner for you you can read something you can hear it and you get it But when we try to sometimes have those conversations, we sometimes look at each other like the other person's talking Greek. And I think it's important to remember that you have to bring in all of those pieces. I've, from learning from you, I've been doing that some new training I'm doing for managing directors. And it really is making a big difference in how I teach them, how I have conversations, the tools and the resources, it's really making a huge difference in the results. So if someone doesn't have time or the expertise to develop courses, what can they do?
2: Well, that's really a good question. And I absolutely agree with with what you just said, is that uh, even even as a course designer myself, I still fall into that trap from time to time. I, I will design something that is perfectly obvious to me, and it makes the point very clear, and then I step back from that and put myself in the place of a a different type of learner and it doesn't make any sense at all. So, um, And that's really part of the value and gets to what you just asked, which is what do you do if you don't have the time and the skills? Well, this is where it really makes sense to outsource. It really makes sense to find somebody who likes to develop courses, who is good at developing courses, and can take all of the information that you have and put it into a form that appeals to the widest possible audience um, and, and and it can also be done quickly so it you know that's the very definition of outsourcing right you find someone else to do something you're not good at they can do it faster and better than you so that's really where it's beneficial to go out and and, and find somebody that really really can do that job for you um, So, for example, you know, at Turn Knowledge to Profit, we can create a course from a book. Let's say you're an author and you have a book that talks about your process or your way of coaching, whatever that might be. We can take that book. We can turn that into a course in in 60 days, which is incredibly quick, which that, you know, basically that means you can go from right now not having an offering to, actually delivering an offering to paying clients in two months which is incredibly fast and much faster than most coaches could actually develop that because let's be clear even if you like doing it you have other things to worry about you have, you have marketing and sales and speaking opportunities and you know lots of other any current clients you have lots of other things going on so um, you know that's something that like an outside person can do for you much quicker much better And really get you to a place where you can start making money much faster
1: and I know that I've heard people say they can't say yes to a speaking opportunity because they don't have a course they don't have something to offer and I would challenge all of our listeners that if you get that opportunity and you feel it's a really good opportunity say yes and know that there's resources out there like turn knowledge to profit there's other companies out there that do similar things. And I really encourage people to look at bringing in an expert, because I know one of the things that you do is share with people how a Affordable it is because you talked about time and expertise but it's so affordable just a handful of clients in your course can pay for the development of it and then you're going to continue to make revenue and it's just very very affordable so I would challenge everyone to look at what is the next product that you want to develop go to our Facebook page turn knowledge to profit And share with us what's the next product that you'd like to create and what's holding you back from doing that. Let's get connected and we'd love to learn more about you.
2: You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.
0: Turn Knowledge to Profit